Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of The Sick Podcast with me, Kelly Singh. I am your host, Kelly Singh. You can also find me on Twitter at Kelly and Phoenix. And since I wasn't able to record on Tuesday, I'm going to do a quick run through recap on last week's matchup. And then I'm going to bring in a special guest to discuss this week's matchup. So let's get into it. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Kelly Singh. The sickest Arizona Cardinals podcast. It's going to be sick. Sick, sick, sick. It is going to be sick. It's a gloomy day here in Orange, California. As you can tell by my background, I am not at my home studio in Phoenix. So we kind of set up and make do and my producers make it all look fabulous and normally have a really cool brick wall but as I was telling him it's just gloomy so you get this and uh I hope that's okay because we're here to talk football we're not here to talk about how fabulous I look or don't look today because football so Let's recap a little bit on last week's Week 5 matchup. It was a heartbreaking loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. The 2-2 two and two Cardinals are now the 2-3 and three Cardinals. And the Eagles, whoever thought this sentence would come out of my mouth, remain undefeated as they head in to their Week 6 matchup. So... The game was actually pretty exciting, I must say. And seeing Rondale Moore get a little bit of action made me happy because I've been cheering for him since his rookie season last year where he was plagued with injury. I mean, he's had some injury again this year, but it was nice to see him play. On the flip side, running backs, injury prone, Everywhere across the board, we had James Conner going out with a rib injury and leaving the game. We had Daryl Williams injure a knee. We had Jonathan Ward pull a hamstring. If you've lost count, that is a total of three, three running backs. And then we have rookie Keontae Ingram, and he is yet to be activated. He did make the roster, but he is yet to be activated on the team. So I imagine going into this next matchup, we will see some action from the rookie Keontae Ingram. So 
You say, where does that leave us? Well, if you play fantasy football at all, you know that the waiver wires went nuts for Eno Benjamin. And uh, Eno just went out there and really gave it his all, which made the game fun to watch. So Arizona Sports Radio 98.7 called it a valiant effort as I was reading up on some of my colleagues' recaps out there. And I agree, it definitely was a valiant effort. Let me break it down for you really quick. So taking a look at my notes, Eno Benjamin, he managed eight carries for 25 yards and a touchdown. You think, hey, that's great. That's what more could you ask for? Let me tell you, because there was more. He also was targeted for reception four times, four targets. And out of those four targets, he made three receptions for another, I don't know how many yards were on that. My bad. But I also know outside of those three receptions, he had a 19-yard kick return. So plenty of yardage for that little Eno Benjamin and a touchdown. So, of course, the waivers went wild, and they had to because if you happen to have any of these Cardinals players, especially James Conner, who's likely to have been on everybody's roster there, you need to pick up Eno Benjamin or you don't have a running back for this week. Uh, I I don't want to dwell too much on this loss because in all fairness, it really was a good game. What I was disappointed in the most was that everybody in the media, fans even, piled on the backup kicker, Amendola, which was super sad because, hey, Amendola, if you're listening, I think you played a great game. Yeah, it sucks that you missed the tie, the tying field goal, but it happens, right? Stuff happens. Even Justin Tucker has missed a game winning field goal. So I've seen the team rally around him. I'm rallying around him. Prater will be out again in the week six matchup. So let's all pull for Amendola to go out there and get his redemption. I'm cheering for you. I'm cheering for the Cardinals. It's going to be rough, but we're going to just do what we got to do, right? I mean, what else can you do? So I've gone ahead. I've given you a recap. I'm not dwelling on the loss. I'm not piling on Amendola. It was a fun game, and it was a great effort, especially with all of the injuries and setbacks that the team has experienced. I think the saddest stat to come out of all of this was the one that we had tweeted, if you're following, at Kelly. I also retweeted it. Uh, Eight straight home losses. So yeah, not a great, great stat. That being said, I want to move forward and look at this week's matchup. 
I have a very special guest because it's Thursday and Thursday I have a guest. So please join me in welcoming today's guest, David Rontaller. Hi, Kelly. David, hey. Hi. Thank you for having me. (laughs) How are you? I'm doing uh, pretty good today. Not too bad. I'm glad. And um, I'm going to give the audience a little background. So David is a student at Chapman University, and he happens to take a sports broadcasting course who um, happens to have Professor Adam Rank leading the charge. (laughs) Um, Adam is a friend of mine and invited me to come speak one night in his class on how podcasting and freelance sports writing across various channels can help you to build a digital portfolio or resume so that you can springboard into, you know, a larger career. And that's how I met you, David, in that class. Mm -hmm. I extended the offer to pop on and get some airtime and you took me up on that. So here you are. (laughs) Yep, here we are. Here you are. How is class going? Uh, with Adam, I, he takes a very hand-on approach where he just throws you to the fire and gives you feedback instantly and just says, let's do it. Like, let's go for it. Let's talk about it. What can we improve? You know, and he just, I really enjoy the class right now. So, yeah. I, I feel like this podcast is a little bit like that too because I am a kind of fly by the seat of your pants gal and while I do like to have some bullets and topics things just kind of flow and I noticed that's how Adam ran his class professor rank ran his class as well where it's kind of like uh impromptu improv style is that correct yeah, I would say so. Last night we did something very impromptu. He's like, I didn't tell you guys about this, but we're going to do it. And we just started talking and discussing about it. And he just, you know, went with the, went with the flow of things. I knew it was happening. Did you guys talk about <laughs> Devontae Adams and the push? Yes, that's what we talked about. And at the end, we did a little bonus segment on if it was a catch or not. And we talked about that as well. But yes. <laughs> what was your opinion? On the push or on the catch? On the push. Uh, I think it was very unfortunate timing for both of them. I saw the secondary angle that he didn't really show in class, but it seemed like they were just coming at together at the wrong time. So I would have liked Devontae to maybe like send a hand to pick him up like after pushing him, but I don't think any like recommendation should be happening to him. Like I, I don't know. We'll see. Obviously, I heard about the lawsuit happening, but I don't think it sh- anything should happen personally. Well... If you didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you my thought. Sure. My thought is when you're walking down a hallway and somebody's trying to scurry ahead of you, you see them and you, you know, stop on a dime. Mm -hmm. And let's say you can't stop on a dime because maybe you're on your phone and you're not looking, but you collide. Mm -hmm. You don't look up suddenly put two hands out and forcefully (laughs) push them to the ground. Um, That was step one. Mm -hmm. And then he had an opportunity to be like, shit, I shouldn't have done that. Mm -hmm. 
turn around and like you said, help the guy out. But no, he's like, bye. The third thing that really got me then was the locker room interview. Mm. Awful, horrible. And then the tweet, which Mm. still, again, blamed that poor victim and didn't even know who it was and was like, hope you see this. Yeah, I do agree with the apologies on the uh, on social media in, in in the interview. Just seemed kind of uh, awkward, to be honest. Very awkward. I yeah. agree. This is totally off topic, but I knew that was something you guys were talking about last night, so I did want to get yeah. your insight because it's you know people were talking about it. Definitely. Um, okay, and before we stop talking about class and start mm-hmm. talking about football. <laughs> Is there something that you've learned in your sports broadcasting class from Professor Rank that you are going to really take with you as you move forward in your sports careers or something that's really stuck out at you? Yeah, I think something I even learned in class, not this past week, but the week prior was just being able to like adapt like your point of view as like things are like discussed and stuff. Um, we were talking about the Tua situation, and uh, I was hearing a lot of my classmates and their opinions on it, which were all great and valid, but I just had my own opinion, and then I just changed in how I felt and adapted a different like idea and look out on it. So I think just adaptability is honestly a thing that he's talked about and uh, I've witnessed even in class now, so yeah. I love that because it's very true. And and even in this conversation, we can use as a teaching moment. I've put in some of the show notes that I sent you that things change on a dime. When we're discussing, I'm already formulating the next question in my head. And it may or may not be on the sheet. But um, because it's me, I wouldn't ask something that you wouldn't know. Yeah. I hate being on the spot when, um, you know, you're expecting a certain thing to happen. But in a conversation, that's natural, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so I love that lesson of adaptability. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Looking at these notes, let's um, do what we came here to talk about. Mm-hmm. And that's to discuss the week six matchup between the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Um, I'm going to start out by saying that with the amount of injuries that the Cardinals are dealing with right now, the depth of the running back room is really questionable right now. I'm assuming that our rookie Ingram is going to get some additional playing time that, you know, Benjamin will be back. Who knows exactly today on Thursday, what might happen on Sunday, but as a fledgling sports media person, broadcaster, writer, wherever you decide to bloom, as a sports fan even, mm-hmm. what is your take on this? How is this setback going to affect the game? How do you expect the Cardinals to overcome this? And maybe on the flip side, do you expect the Seahawks to attempt to take advantage of this? Go, like, spill it all out. Yeah, I think something I even noticed when I was watching last week's game against the Eagles, second half play calling, in my opinion, kind of shifted. They seemed to not want to uh, hold on to the ball too long. It seemed like they did a lot of screen plays, a lot of quick passes, quick looks. 
So I think when they kind of knew like, hey, the running game isn't going to fully be there with all these guys out now, like they adapted, they adapted, funny enough, to how, you know, things were going. And they were like, all right, we got to get the ball out. We can't can't put too much on uh, Benjamin. You know, we got to be able to just make plays and get yards any way we can. On the Seahawks side, I think this is their way of just, you know, testing their defense in a sense. What can we do to stop this? Like we saw how the Cardinals adapted. Are we able to stop all these plays? Can our young defense, in a sense, rally and perform in that sense? Can we get pressure without sending five, six guys maybe, you know? Yeah, you bring up a really great point. It's it's not going to be a secret uh, how the Cardinals are going to have to adapt, to your point. So the defense has a, has a preview already because there isn't depth. They can't put in plays that might utilize uh, a bench player or or anything like that. They have what they have and what you know what happens is pretty predictable at that point. So I think you bring up a really great observation that this young Seattle defense has an opportunity to capitalize and um perhaps even practice because they are rebuilding. There's no doubt about it. This is a rebuilding phase for Seattle. Mm. Um, They've been doing pretty well with Geno Smith. People were like, oh, this is going to be awful. But he's been a very uh, dynamic and exciting quarterback, I think. Uh, What are your thoughts about the Seahawks, what they've been able to do with, you know, the hand that they've been dealt this, this season, um, you know, cause they are rebuilding. Yeah. I, I've been actually very impressed. I was very down on them. Like so many of us were, um, mm-hmm. my roommate's a big Seahawks fan. So we do watch the games when they're on and it's, it's honestly not what I was expecting. They have a very young team as, it, as we all know, we all thought they're going to be rebuilding, but they're competitive in these games and they're not, you know, backing down in a sense they have, uh, Two great rookie offensive linemen who've really showed out, in my opinion. Like we've talked about the young defense coming together with Brooks and then their cornerback, Woolen, who've really showed out. Uh, I've been very impressed that they've been able to be as competitive as they are, especially within this division, which is no joke. Exactly. Yeah. It, it is not an easy division by any means. Um, yeah. I think when we think of rebuilding, we think that it's just going to be garbage, but that's not the case. It's there are just pieces missing or the pieces that are there are young and need to be developed still. Um, So I I totally agree with what you're saying. I love that you get to watch the Seahawks (laughs) with your roommate coincidentally being that this is what we're chatting about. Um, Is there anything in this particular matchup that viewers should be watching for that we haven't already discussed? Is there something that you're going to be looking to see or might be excited to see in this matchup? Yeah, I think a matchup that I'm kind of looking forward to seeing is how uh, um, Hollywood Brown goes against uh, the young corner on the Seahawks, Tariq Woolen, because every time Mm -hmm. I've watched him, he's been really good and very impressive uh, with his coverage and how he's been able to make plays on the ball and stuff. So that matchup is something I'm kind of anticipating to see how that goes. Um, 
Another one is obviously the ones we talked about. Like I think the running, like to see how Eno Benjamin can do. When I saw him, he was very energetic, and he kind of put like a jolt in this team and like fired them up in a sense. And mm-hmm. when, when he was playing, so I think how the Seahawks like front seven can deal with him and how effective he can be can also be like an X factor uh, in this matchup. Yes, I totally agree, and I have not seen um, the matchup against. Uh, Brown. So I'm excited to see that too now that you've mentioned it. And I'm definitely going to look for it because Marquise Brown is fast. Yes. Um, the majority of passes he gets are either they're right on uh, the sideline or far, far deep into the end zone. So it is going to take somebody that has a, a lot of skill, a lot of speed, um, and a lot of dexterity to cover him. So that'll be exciting. Definitely. Is that that's something that you see in this player? Is I, I don't I haven't seen him. Who is it? The cornerback you said? Uh, Tariq Woolen. Uh, I believe he's a second year, but I don't recall. I know he's mm-hmm. definitely earlier in his career. But yeah, I've seen him, especially when I was watching the the Seahawks play the Lions. Uh, he made a great play on the ball. I think he got an interception that game. But I was like, wow, this guy's like all over the field. Like I'm seeing him like defect deflect balls, defend guys really well. So. He's someone, he's on my radar after watching him for a couple games now. I'm just like, wow, this guy, you know, could be, you know, one of the next top corners in the league potentially. Absolutely. Now that you said that, I mean, the the Lions are arguably, I know I'm probably going to get flack for this, (laughs) arguably the best offense as a whole. Mm Mm-hmm. In the league, I mean, obviously the team, it's a team sport and there are individual pieces that might fall apart or the defense might not hold up or golf maybe isn't the greatest quarterback in the league. But as as an offense, they're not uh, easy to cover and they have been producing overall with the exception of last week. So that is going to be a really exciting matchup to yeah. see. So yay, I'm so glad you brought that up because <laughs> now I'm going to have like a special observation. <laughs> okay, so outside of this matchup, I don't want to mm-hmm. pigeonhole you. Is mm-hmm. there a game other than this that you are really going to want to watch Sunday or perhaps Monday or Thursday even? Yeah, um, I think... There's an obvious choice uh, in the afternoon. There's the Chiefs and the Bills, which is going to be a great matchup, uh, one a lot of people are looking forward to. But I think one that I'm interested in seeing more is uh, the Monday night matchup, the Broncos and the Chargers. I think the Broncos, of all of us, anticipated a very high-octane offense, scoring a lot of points, have been very disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this could be a big turnaround game for them if they're able to show up in L.A., I believe they're playing in L.A., this will be a big time for them to kind of like turn the corner in a sense and try to like make uh, a push towards, you know, being more like a playoff team and contending team because um, they've been very disappointing. And I think the Chargers, whose defense we all talked about and raved about in this offseason, have been kind of lackluster. Mm-hmm. So I think, again, opportunity for both teams to make uh, a statement in this kind of game and see where they stack in contention for it all. I could not have said it better. I agree with you 100%. Everybody just expected the Chargers to come in and be the Chargers, and they haven't been all there. (laughs) And then you have Denver, exactly like you said, 
where we expected it to be some big explosion of excitement and it's been everything but that. So I, um, I agree with you. That's going to be one to watch for sure. If only just to see who might rise to the top. I, I kind of think it's going to be the chargers. The chargers are gelling a lot better, um, as the weeks go by, in my opinion, than, um, the Broncos are. So, um, and I'm not just being biased. <laughs> I'm a part-time resident. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, basically, that's it. That's that's basically how we do the show. We just chit-chat about, about the game, about what's upcoming, about our thoughts. Do you have – I this is going to put you on the spot, but um, do you have any digital projects that people can check you out at? If, are you growing your Twitter following? Are you trying to grow it? Um, mm-hmm. Do you want people to follow you? Um, I would, my Twitter's just very, like, uh, I don't want to say personal, it's, like, the wrong word, but it's, like, very, like, I follow a lot of different niches and interests, so it's, like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be just talking about sports or just talking about football or whatnot, so, I mean, people can follow me, I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not against that, um, my, my at is dr the man if anyone wants to follow me, um, like I said, there's going to be a wide variety of a lot of different things, because my interest do vary, but I do love football and sports in general. So I'll be definitely one of the things I'll be talking about. Guess what? You're a normal human being. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We all have a variety of interests. And to be honest with you, I don't particularly like accounts that are just stagnant and boring. My own talks about a variety of things as well. So mm-hmm. keep it up. I know that part of your class assignment was to start some sort of social media if you didn't already have it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if you guys want to give David a follow, um, go for it. But be nice. (laughs) At DR the man. I will give you a spanking if you are not nice. Actually, people are probably going to be like, yeah, I'm going to take you up on that. Um, I will block you if you are not nice to David. Uh. That'll teach you. (laughs) Man, that was fun. Thank you so much, David. Um, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in uh, today and on Tuesdays. So catch me back here again next Tuesday where I go at it solo and discuss the recap of the Seahawks and Cardinals. Um, As always, I appreciate each and every one of you. Send me any messages or tweets on ways to improve the show or things you would like to see. Or if you know a guest or want to be a guest, find me at, uh, I just forgot my own Twitter handle. Find me at Kelly in Phoenix. And you can find the pod at SickPod Kelly. Thanks again. See you Tuesday. Bye. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Kelly Singh on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.